As Anna was talking there, I say talking ministry. Unless we can identify that God is our God, you don't have to be seated if you don't want to. Or you can be seated if you want to. It's up to you. But unless we can identify then some of these things that we're singing about will not be yours. But I was, as she was ministering there, this, this verse came to my mind was in Psalms. It says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. He said the righteous run into it and they are safe. If I run into where God is and I run into that strong tower, when my prob when my prob when problems present themselves, I want them to see God. I don't want them to see me. And if I run into that tower, if I run into where He is, Kyle, where He abides, when problems surface, when things come to the top, the only thing they're going to see is God. That's all they're going to see is God. He's a way maker. He's already made the way. The Bible says that he sent his word and healed them. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 said that he would present us blameless spirit, soul, and body. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You can experience it right now. Right now. Thank you, worship team. God bless you guys. You can be seated. Well, I'm telling you, I'm convinced are you? I'm convinced um, the tangibleness of the Holy Spirit. I know it's not all about feeling, but man, I'm telling you, you could feel it and still feeling it. If they would have handed it to me while it, the tempo was hot, we would have probably been bucking and snorting. That'd be all right if the Spirit led that way. But I like teaching too. Amen. Well, men's conference is coming up this coming weekend. All right. <laughs> um, so, in saying this, if you're going to come, please sign the sign up sheet. Yes. <laughs> Not just so we can. Uh, print off and show how many people came but we do need to prepare for food uh, I say we Tanya and her crew that helps out with that um, that way they can know how much they need to cook um, and if you've never heard Ashley Ellison you need to come a great communicator loves the Lord a great man of God and a friend and very compassionate so I want to encourage you men this is your chance to come out and get fed. This is your chance to come in and hear, you know, some of the tough subjects. We need to hear those, don't we? Uh, the Bible has something, the Bible says, talks about that, uh, I think it's in 2 Peter 1 and 3, talks about that uh, it pertains to everything to life and godliness. So we can't pretend that some of these things that we are presented with in life that uh, God doesn't have anything to say about it. Because he's got a whole lot to say about it. So we want to encourage you to come and uh, 
be a part of this Friday night starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, Saturday morning, breakfast at 7.30, session start at 8, and we're just going to have a great time getting fortified. Amen? All right, we're going to continue on with a, uh, uh, what I spoke about a couple weeks ago about, about no vacancy, and I can tell you're really excited about that, but I, I believe this, that uh, that really needs to be the attitude we need to have in life is whenever life does present itself, I want to know what God's word says, that's it. I want to know that's, that's, that's all it is, and this is um, No Vacancy Part 2, but I put a subtitle here, How Am I Answering Life? Because I want to promise you that uh, life will talk to you. Situations will talk to you, will they not? They'll say things. Um, you, did you know that your bank account will talk to you? Look at it. It'll either tell you you got enough or you don't have enough. But, you know, if I don't have enough at the moment, I'm not going to sit there and say I don't have enough. I say, I'm going to say, well, the Lord said that he supplied all my need according to his riches and glory. Uh, I prayed with a person last week that um, felt like her, in her life she was, her life was answering her with insecurity. Well, Joe 3 and 10 said, let the weak say, I'm strong. So we don't, that's what I'm trying to say. God sent his word and healed them. But if we're not, if we are not applying the word, you got to apply it. You got to apply it. So uh, just kind of really covering what, uh, what the Holy Spirit had to say a couple weeks ago in this subject, really in a nutshell, is when God's word and I put in parentheses here his will, when his will speaks, we should respond like the brain telling a part of the body to function. Uh, if my brain tells my hand to do something, I, I think I shared this, uh, Larry, my hands never argued with my head. When it made a request, it responded, and we need to have the same mindset when, God's, when we read God's word, what should I do? Right, you should respond. Because Christ is the head of the church, or we could say the head of the body, a, bo a part of the body that I say that I'm a part of. So if I read something in his word, regardless of what I feel, regardless of what I see, how should I respond? To the word. Because the word is more real than, than this life. The spiritual is more real than the physical. Genesis 1, spiritual spoke flesh into existence. So who's in control? Well, the spirit is if we, if we put it there. People say God's in control. Well, he is if you put him there. But I want to say this quickly. Uh, I've got a little spot that I go to when um, I'm needing to get quiet before the Lord. It takes me about an hour to get there. There's no cell service. It's beautiful. You've got to cross a creek or two to get there. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where it is because uh, if you do, if you tell people that, you start running into people. <laughs> My whole point is to go there and not run into nobody. But before I got out of cell reception, um, this, um, 
jingle, is what I call it, uh, Charles Capps program. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll just say the word, the word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstance, what I feel or see, the word's working mightily in me. That's not just a cute jingle. That's the reality. And as I was throwing a line in the creek, and I just noticed that for about four or five hours, I was just singing that song over and over and over and over and realizing, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> the word is working in me, but I've got to work it. Because let's, let's turn to Luke chapter 6. I talked a little bit about, self, about the sin of self-reliance. And I want to really, I really feel like Holy Spirit's kind of given me another opportunity here to tie up some loose ends. Uh, that might have got left undone a little bit. As you're turning there, you know, Pastor asked me Thursday, she said, what do you think about teaching Sunday? <laughs> and I was like, well, do I really, <laughs> are you asking or telling? I didn't know. But anyway, she had places she wanted to be at. And uh, I lo- what I love about this church is we don't just hold the fort down until she gets back. We move forward. Because that's what Holy Spirit wants us to do. So uh, Luke chapter 6, starting verse 46. This is really where it caught me. And he said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That's a powerful statement. And if we're not careful, we'll read over that. And we'll say, well, I call you Lord. But if I'm not doing what he says to do, is he really my Lord? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them. Let's don't read over that too fast. Whoever hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Would you pray with me quickly? Father, you said in your word, God, that if I would ask anything according to your will that you would hear me. And that if you hear me, God, that you would meet the request. I have this confidence that you would meet, this, meet the request. And I'm asking you, Father, today to take me and set me to the side, Father. And let the Holy Spirit begin to speak. Let utterance come right now in Jesus' name. God, we're not here to perform. We're not here to put on a show. We're here to minister your word. That, God, that we're going to be able to go out into this word and echo our authority and also echo your victory in our lives, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you in agreement with me for utterance this morning? Well, all right, we're in agreement today that the Holy Spirit has something that he wants to say to us. Amen? All right, so we see here two men that built their house, one dig deep and built it upon a foundation upon the rock, built his foundation on the rock. But he that heareth and doesn't do it is like a man that just built his foundation on sand. And I noticed that the, it says that the winds and the waves beat on both houses, not just one. 
And I'm not here to be a, I don't want to say Debbie Downer. I don't want to offend Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the fact of the matter. Life is going to come at you. And I don't know about you, but there's rarely a day that goes by that hell doesn't make a run at me of some, of some kind. But if our house is built upon the solid rock, even though those things come, that rock being Christ and his word, when the Bible says that my house can stand firm, I don't have to shift with every wind and every wave. I can stand true. I can stand and my house cannot fall. I have that choice. I don't have to just give in to feelings. I don't have to give in to what is happening at the moment, no matter what the circumstance. Man, how many times, I mean, I I know y'all probably heard it when you hear it. You're not hearing it. Did you know that you can get that way sometimes? Where you can hear things, but you're not hearing it? Um, and I, I just began to slow down. I was like, hey, we're, I'm, not, I'm not here to just glorify Charles Capps. I'm talking about a man that said, I am not going to build my life on anything else other than the Word of God. A Tom Underhill that said, I'm not going to build my house on anything other than the Word of God. I want to say this today. These, that's, those statements there are not just for the great heroes of faith. They're for us. Those that have come to truth and that are still building our house that we talked about a couple weeks ago. We're still building our house and we need to build it upon the word of God. So no matter what the circumstances, no matter what I feel, no matter what I see, I can know that the word is working in me mightily. Mightily in me. Not just working, but mightily in me. And I know that when we we can come in here... I'm really fighting something here, okay? Because the Lord just, I mean, bombed me with something right before I come out here. I didn't have time to write it down. In Mark chapter 11, we read about, can we just turn there quickly? And you're like, oh, man, we heard this so much. No, I'm Tom telling you, you haven't heard it enough. Can we say it again? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, when I read these passages of Scripture here, I don't want to just read them so I got them memorized. I want to read it till it gets all the way down to my inner core. Okay, if you notice here in verse 14, because the title, the subtitle of this is, How Am I Answering Life? And we see that when Jesus came to a fig tree, it says, uh, He said, In seeing a fi- verse 13, And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And I've I've always looked at that and said, why did he curse that tree when it wasn't even time for figs yet? Well, the thing was, this tree was showing signs of having fruit. It was a hypocrite fig tree. And I begin to look at, I'm, I'm telling you, I examine my life, okay? I'm not pushing this off on you. I don't want my life to look like I've got fruit and not have the fruit. Because you see, when we're in here, and man, what a powerful worship service. Was it not? Was it just me? It was awesome. 
the tangible presence of God. It's easy to have fruit in here. Amen? But when I go out into the world, the first time somebody honks at me, Malin, what do I want to spill out my window? The word. <laughs> the word of God. <laughs> That's what we want spilling out. <laughs> So I don't want to be a hypocrite fig tree. I want the word working in me. I want fruit. I want it to show. Doesn't mean temperature won't rise sometimes. Anybody got to feel the boiling point? But until if I don't let it come out of my mouth and I keep, keep that back and instead I decide to say, let me tell you, the word will work. It will change the atmosphere where you are. It will. I'm, I, I've got. I, when, when you testify, it's hard to use other people because it's just easier to use yourself. That way, if they get, if anybody gets offended, it'd just be me. Last week, I had a day. Everything wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. I'm sitting in my office on staff. <laughs> And I'm sitting here in this woe is me thoughts. I got to notice some Brett words started coming out of my mouth. And immediately God just hit me. What would you do if somebody was sitting on your couch saying these things? Well, I tried to answer as correctly as I could. And I said, well, you know, I'd probably tell them they needed to find somewhere to start saying what the word says. So I took my self-pride and I threw it in the trash and I walked to the gym where I thought nobody would be. Hopefully nobody was there. And I began to speak what God's word said over my situation, even though everything on the inside of me did not want to. And I got to noticing that when, at, now at first, nothing happened. And it, you know, like we are, this is crazy. You know, this is just wishful thinking, whatever. But you, you begin to repeat over and over. And I got to notice and I felt strength coming to my body. I felt strength coming to my spirit. And there needs to be that moment that you have solidified like, hey, wait a minute. I remember when I went over here and started saying what God's word said, and all of a sudden my atmosphere, atmosphere started moving and switching around. We've got to have, but here's the deal. Man, I'm getting way ahead of myself. In Psalm, David said, he wrote this, he said, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And God will always light the way that we should go, but I have to step. I mean, so I want to say this. When we're talking about, last, last time I spoke, I talked about the sin of self-effort. What I'm talking about is the self-reliance of I've got to generate this. I've got to generate the light. I've got to generate the way when the reality is only thing God asked me to do is to step in the way that he lights my path. That's all the self-effort you need to practice is I've got to read the word, see what it says, 
And then all I have to do is do what it says. It's not for me to generate the way. So when we sing, he's the way maker, I've still got to move in that direction, but he's made the way. That's all the self-effort that you need to be practicing. Um, because people will say, why are you so hard on religion? And I shared this with somebody a couple weeks ago. Not religion as in going to church, reading your Bible. I'm not talking about, you know, against those things. I'm talking about feeling like because of what I've done. Something I've done. And it almost killed me. Because there were things in my life that were not operating. And I would say, well, God, I've read my Bible. I prayed. I've went to church. I've done all these things. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't run with those that do. But there was still something missing. And I believe it is this. When we quit relying on the blood of Jesus Christ for our salvation, we're on dangerous ground. We're on dangerous ground. And without going into a great big story, I had to leave what I knew in order to get to where I needed to be. That's why I talked about the importance of walking in obedience is it unlocks understanding. It isn't that God doesn't want to show you, but if you're standing still and that's the only view that you have, you can't see the other view that God's wanting you to have. And there's a, I wrote this down, there's, there was a time that I was addicted to self-effort. All I was doing, and I thought, there was, there was one passage, and I, of course, it's hard to look these up whenever we're in the middle of worship service. But it came to me when he said men would come from the earth and say, Father, we've prophesied in your name. We've cast out demons in your name. Done all these great things, and he, what did he say? He said, depart from me. I didn't know you. If we don't come to God by faith, it's impossible to please him. I'm not saying there's not going to be some things that we need to do. As I said, as the light shines on our situation, we've got to move forward and do what the word says to do. But it's him generating it, not us. The, I was sitting in, this is a hard saying. I think all these are hard sayings. Um, me and Pastor went to um, the, I think it was Ignite with Project Hope and Saving Grace. And as we were in the worship set, this was the day after I had spoke the, about the no vacancy part one. And I want, I want to say this just as compassionately as I can, okay? As the worship was going on, I felt something on the inside of me saying, these men and women are in a spot where they are trying to figure out what life is like without their addiction. That's really what this is. It's not about just stopping doing something. It's trying to learn and figure out who they are without it. Because they don't know. They've, a lot of them have done that so long that they don't know what life is without it. And really, they're in the best spot they can be. But God began to deal with me. This is a hard saying, so please give me some grace. It was, you know, there was a point where I needed to be in a rehab because I was addicted to my self-effort. 
I was addicted to me doing it. What am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Why ain't this working? Why isn't this working? Well, how come every time every situation comes, I fold? And we get addicted to ourselves and what we can do. We get addicted to our own knowledge. We get addicted to our own efforts. And the, here's the sad thing, is if you're not careful, you can get to a place where you don't know who you are without it. You realize how, how scary that it might be if you're addicted to drugs and alcohol for a long time and then all of a sudden how scary it would be to think, Brett, that tomorrow I'm going to try to wake up and do life without that. How scary that might be. But there was a point in my life where it was scary for me, Miss Bonnie, to try to figure out who I was without my own self-effort. Who I was just because the blood of Jesus was enough to save me. Not who, what I do or how much I do or don't do, but his blood that covered my sin and washed me white as snow. And that it is a hard saying for a lot of people, but that he forgive me of my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. And I know people will say, there you go. You're just trying to give people a license to sin. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't need no help. They don't need no license. They're doing it anyways. I'm talking about, this is really understanding. is like, hey, if you make a mistake, do I feel bad about it? Yeah. But my gosh, I'm not going to quit God over it. If he's not going to quit me, why would I quit him? Why would I, why would I stop trying? You see, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. Oh, I messed up. I got to start all over again. Well, God been good for six months, God. I talked to a gentleman the other day, and he was talking about how he had been clean for X amount of, X amount of time. And I, I, I stopped him mid-sentence. I said, what are you going to do if you mess up? What's your mindset? Now, I'm not trying to encourage people to mess up. I'm just saying, what are you going to do when you do? You going to quit God? You going to quit church? You going to quit reading your Bible? You going to quit praying because you made a mistake? Man, the blood of Jesus is more potent than that. It's more potent than that. And I'm not saying to go out and do what you want to do. The Bible, uh, Paul said this. He said, if we've been dead to sin, why should we live any longer in it? There's a difference between making a mistake and living in it. we got to read the Word of God, and we got to start bouncing some ideas off what the Holy Spirit has to say to us rather than our own feelings. And start bouncing things off what the Word of God says because John said, Dear children, I pray that you don't sin. But if you do, you got an advocate with the Father. He said, dear children, quit throwing yourself away on one mistake. Quit listening to your feelings. Quit listening to what religious people will tell you. And start looking to the Word of God and let it be a lamp to your feet. Let it be a light to your path. And quit trying to, this self-effort... It will kill you. I watched a, uh, a video, Robert Morris. I believe he's good, uh, he's good to get information from, don't you? He began to preach about the 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And man, he made a statement that I was like, I had to really think. And he said, and if you know him, this guy's super intelligent. Super intelligent. And he said this, that when the tree of, and he said, keep in mind, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can't know good unless you know evil. And he said, it never was meant or intended for man to know evil. But this is where he got me. <laughs> he said, but it was never intended for man to know good. It was intended for man to know God. Because you can't know what good is unless you know what evil is. And I tell you, I had to just put everything down and just sit down and think about that for a while, Miss Bonnie. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I'm to know God. It wasn't that God was trying to keep them in the dark. He just said, look at me. Keep your focus on me. Keep your focus on my word. And do what it says. Forget about what is good. Forget about what is evil. And focus on me. And I thought, wow, wait a minute. All this self-effort of doing good and doing good and it outweighing my bad. I really just need to be looking at what your word says. And you know what? If I look at his word and it says, thou shalt not commit adultery. I don't need to be committing adultery. I mean, I'm not going to say, but a lot of times we're always focused on thou shalt not. And we're not focusing on the thou shalts. It's always about, well, I don't do this and I don't do that, but I'm not doing some of the other things that God's word said that I should be doing. We'll get to that in just a minute. I believe that the reason people deal with addictions, as I was talking earlier, is I believe it's in our DNA to be dependent upon something. It was meant for us to be dependent upon God and His Word alone. And if His Word says it, depend on it. That's why people will say, well, I don't believe in anything. That's a, that's a big energy that you're using to believe in nothing. To have faith in nothing? You got, you're having faith in nothing. You're still having to exercise faith. You're having to exercise faith that there's nothing there. i got to focus on him and his word, God's word. I don't even know where I was going with that. This is, uh, I'm, I'm eventually going to get into the message. <laughs> this is uh, one area, and you're asking how are we going to shift to prosperity. I mean, the Bible says that he, he said, uh, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I didn't say that. I mean, I might have said it, but I didn't write it. So this is one area of prosperity that I feel like needs to be voiced really loud is it takes just as much focus to stay out of debt as it did to get out of debt. You want to hear that again? It takes just as much focus to stay out of debt as it did to get out of debt. 
And it is going to, in spiritual prosperity, it's going to have to focus just as much on staying out of distractions. That's why I'm saying you, you don't need to be listening to good. I'm saying you need to listen to good. But I'm saying you don't need to be paying attention to everything going around you. You need to be focused on what God's Word says. I believe that's, I talked to somebody, it may have been Bubba just a little bit ago. I believe that that is one area that the enemy works really hard in is distractions. Distractions. And getting your focus off of what God's Word says and get your mind more focused on what you're feeling. Or your circumstances. And what they're saying. Because life will talk to you. We have to stay focused on what God's word says and not our circumstances. And I realize that's going to be hard to do when somebody's behind you honking. Hello? It's going to be hard to do when somebody's on your bumper and they won't go around. And you want to slow down, Steve, and drive. You want to stop and get out and feed the birds for two hours (laughs) and make them wait. I understand that. But the (laughs) the fact is, we have to be so focused that I don't know, pull over and offer them to buy them some food. I don't know, something that's going to help you stay focused on what God's Word says. Because when things happen and you feel that anger or you feel that uh, anxiety or you feel the nervousness or you feel whatever you're feeling in any situation in life, it's the enemy's, uh, it's his best uh, uh, attempt to get you distracted. So we're going to go on, since you're really excited about that. I know you are. You're taking notes. Or you're thinking, which is good. To no vacancy, how am I answering life? Now, uh, in Mark 11, we're going to go back there, if you're still there. That life will talk to you. We covered that. Life will talk to you. As I said earlier, your bank account will talk to you. Your marriage will talk to you. Your relationship with your kids will talk to you. Uh, Your job will talk to you. Your car will talk to you. Now, maybe not verbally, but I guarantee you, here's the thing. Jesus answered the fig tree. That's what it said in verse 14. It says he answered it. So it had to say something, maybe not out loud, but what it said is, I have fruit. Didn't have fruit. So he answered it. He answered it. And he said, um, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter and forever. And the Bible says, And his disciples heard it. So is it, is it needful for you to say out loud? Yeah. Now I'm not saying, Don't wait and do this at Walmart, Okay. I'm not saying don't do it at Walmart, but don't wait to exercise your faith in public. You need to be doing it in private, too. You need to be doing it when nobody else is around and you're feeling life come at you. You've got to answer life. We don't need to separate our saying from our praying. Did I say that right? Our saying from our praying. What a a Holy Ghost-inspired sentence to put in your life. But yet we've heard that for years, right? We heard it so much, are we still hearing it? Are we? We need to be. 
We need to be hearing it because, let me tell you, life is going to throw some things at you, and you need to have an answer. That's the deal. Self, um, self-effort will just say, read your Bible so you don't go to hell. Relationship with God, say, read my words so you'll know how to answer life. That's good. I don't care what you think or what you say. That's good. You need to know this word so you'll, know, you'll have an answer for everything that comes at you. Let the weak say, I am strong. That's what I need to be saying. Not, well, life is always like this. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck. If it, you know, this is what, this happens every time. And I heard somebody say the other day they were complaining to one of their parents about something, and they said, you know what, I'm just going to get in agreement with you on that, if that's what you really want. And I think that's the staunch stance that we need to take when it comes to God's Word being real in our life. My wife is real good at that. And, it's, it's a, and she hates it, but I'll, I'll get in trouble, but I've already said it, so I'm going to say it anyways. The... Uh, I had an attack with COVID, the last, last bout I had with COVID, which I was victorious over. Amen. Amen. Through the Word of God. And I'm laying in the bed, and I mean, I'm, oh, man, you know, I just don't feel good. Do I got a fever? You know, all this, you know. And my wife leans over me, and she said, healed people get up and go work in the shop. <laughs> Didn't you? Well, I'm telling you, that's a, little, that's a little rough. I thought, man, where's my orange juice? <laughs> What's that got to do with my sandwich? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I got up, and I made myself get ready, and I went out, and I worked in the shop. I needed to hear that. that what I'm trying to get at, that's the staunch stance that we need to take when life is throwing things at us. We need to stand up and say, that's not what the Word says. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care if my bank account is saying I'm broke. That's not what the Word says. He said he would supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Amen. So how am I answering life? Well, let's look at verse... Uh, Let's look at verse 20. <clears throat> it says, In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I want to stop right there. A lot of people will say, they'll say, well, I've been saying what the Word says, but I don't see anything. Okay, I've been there before. I'm not saying that to um, come down on you. I've been there too. Let me tell you, when you come to the Word of Faith, I'm not talking about faith as in a denomination. I'm talking about the word of faith. When you come to the word of faith, there will be some growing pains. There will be some ugly times. Because I would say this too. I've been asking God for that, but I ain't saw anything yet. But Jesus said this, or it said, and Mark said it, and as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. When we begin to say what God's word says, we may not be able to physically see something happening, but at the root, something's happening. 
at the root, something's happening. I don't have to see it. And you know one thing that I noticed is that when Jesus spoke to that tree, he didn't go 10 yards and turn around and look and say, Do you, boys, y'all see anything? You see any withering? Any? He just went on about his way. Went on and um, went and rebuked some people. I think threw the money changers out of the, out of the church. So if you, get, don't, <laughs> if you get mad, don't come down here and whoop up on me. I'm just saying, <laughs> say what the word says, all right? But at the root, something happened. It says, and Peter calling to remembrance. I'm trying to read through this quickly here. Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. That's really what, and I think we have to be careful, the company, how new they are, uh, how young they are in the Lord. But sometimes if you hear me complaining, just stop and say, have faith in God. Please. Because we gotta have a we gotta have a mindset to grow. And you know what? I would rather say something that would offend my brother for a couple of days and him get better than just you know, pat him all the way through life and get to the very end realizing things could have been different. He says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So when I come to situations in life, should I be asking God to remove this mountain? He told me that I've got authority to speak to it myself. Now, I'm not saying if you ask God to do things, I'm not saying that's wrong. We're not talking about, you know, formulas and stuff like that here. I'm just saying when you finally get to the mature level that you realize that I have authority because God gave it to me through the finished work of Jesus Christ, that I have that authority and I can exercise that authority. I'm not laying down and letting the devil run over me rough shot every day. I'm standing up and exercising my authority and say, hey, this is what God's word says over said situation and that's the way it's going to be even if I don't see it working at the root something just happened he said and people say oh well there's limited on what he's talking about he said in verse 24 therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire you know what that word desire means it means to crave that's a that's that's more than just wanting that's craving Whatever you're craving, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, I know a lot of people will say, okay, if that's the truth, why don't, you, why don't I just wish for somebody else's spouse? That, that, they'll go that route. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't see, well, I think what he's talking about here is you can have whatever he's already provided for you. Has God provided adultery for you? Has he provided fornication for you? No. So can you go ask God to do that? No. Let's don't be dumb. Let's, let's don't be dummies. Let's, let's read this and realize that, hey, wait a minute, that goes against God's MO. And, I'm not gonna, and if my heart's right, I'm not going to be asking for dumb stuff like that. And I want to be very clear. That's why I use words on things like that. It's dumb. And if there's anybody here that you're thinking about doing that or you're having the opportunity, you need to start thinking about somebody besides yourself. You need to start thinking about all the fallout of who this is going to hurt, how this is going to hurt your family, how it's going to hurt your friends. I'm talking to somebody. How it's going to hurt your mom and dad, how it's going to hurt your friends at your job. You better think about it. Anyways, so I know I'm just doing a lot of preaching here, but that's all right. So 
what things soever you desire. Well, when you come to a situation, what's your desire going to be? If, you, if, you're, if your bank account's talking to you, what do you need? You need some money. So what do I start saying? Well, Malachi chapter 3 says this. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. <laughs> this is not the time to quit paying your tithes. And he said, he talked about opening the windows of heaven, pouring out a blessing that there won't even be room enough to receive it all, that he would rebuke the devourer for your sake, that nations would call you blessed. That sounds pretty good to me. I'd rather say that than, oh, man, I'm broke. Oh, gosh. You know, what am I going to do? Well, I know sometimes it's tempting, right? Is it not tempting just to grovel in your own feelings? Sure it is. It's what comes naturally. But we're not talking about George Jones this morning. We're not doing what comes naturally. We're doing what comes according to the Word of God. That's what we need to be focused on. Man, I'm going to get to my message in a minute. (laughs) Okay. So, let's look at this really quickly. Uh, Luke chapter 9. Well, I'll say this. Instead of just talking about how much time I'm running out of, if I said something that changed your life, or the Holy Spirit said something to change your life, would it be worth your time? Yes. Would it be worth preaching after 12? Yes. Would it be worth missing a meal? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> I'm testing the waters. Testing the waters. Let's look at Luke chapter 9. Let's go to verse 51. You know, if that happens, that's okay, but we're not going to do it on purpose, okay? Are you there? Say, I choose. I choose. All right. We're not sneezing. We're talking about Bubba's message from a few Wednesday nights ago. I don't get paid for comedy relief, do I? I can hear my wife right now. You just think you're so funny. (laughs) She laughs at me every now and then. Verse 51, it says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Now I want you to understand this verse 52 here, how odd it was for Jesus to go to Samaria. Okay? We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Verse 53, and it said, And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, now this is the stance that a lot of people want to take with people that don't agree with what they think is true which is just because people don't believe in faith and believe in what we're talking about doesn't mean that we, they're the enemy. Okay? They're not the enemy. It says, James and John saw this. They said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? Man, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> you know, I guess we, uh, people say, well, I see that's what the Word says, so when somebody's honking their horn at me, I can call down fire and consume them. But Jesus went on and said this. He said, but he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. Whew. He said, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives but to save them. And they went to another village. I thought, that's pretty diplomatic. He didn't get all fired up and consumed them. He said, hey, they don't want to make a place for me. I'll go somewhere else. If people don't want to receive, that's, that's between them and God. But we're not going to bow down what we believe, right? What is truth? 
We're going to pray for them. We're going to love them. And we're going to be a light to them because God's called us to give life, not to take it. And I'm not talking about killing somebody. I'm talking about writing them off. Because the Bible says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Hello? Because a lot of times you go around talking about people, what you don't realize is that you are ruining them to the person you're talking about. Man, this is, this is great. <laughs> this is good. I'm enjoying this. But let's, let's look at verse 53. It says that they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Now, if we look at Samaritans and Jews, uh, I don't know really how to say this without sounding, in this day and time, I don't want to sound offensive, but Jews looked at Samaritans as half-breeds. They were detestable to them. They would have no dealings with them at all. Uh, vice versa. That's why I'm saying for Jesus to go to Samaria was, that was odd. And so when they saw that his intentions, this is from Adam Clark. So when they saw that his intentions was needing a place to prepare to go to Jerusalem, Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles, they had no desire to meet any of Jesus' request. Because Samaritans, as I said, were looked at by Jews in a nice way as heathens. Because Samaritans, get this, they feared Jehovah God, they reverenced Jehovah God, but they served other gods. Let's think about that for a minute. You could say that they recognized God, but they did not serve God. So let's turn to the book of Exodus chapter 20. And let's... We're not trying to prove points here. We're not trying to pull uh, rabbits out of the hat. I just, the Holy Spirit brought me to this. Uh, uh, Exodus 20, verses 4 and 5. It says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Get this, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, this if you go back up to the very first sentence in verse 5, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. The word nor is a conjunct. Now I'm not, okay, 12th grade education here, okay? But the word nor is a conjunction word. And if, help me out. <laughs> a conjunction word will add two different thoughts together in the same sentence. Is that right? Okay. I've slept a few days since high school. So God began to show me this, that there's a huge difference between having a reverence for God and then serving Him. That being, if you begin to have a sharp contrast between reverence and maybe even so far as worship and serving. Because the word serve actually means to comply with a command. And the word comply, are you still with me? The word comply means to conform, submit, or adapt. 
we have to be really careful about coming in here to God's house and raising our hands and clapping and singing and then going out into the world and not complying with what God's Word says. I don't want to be a half-breed Christian. I don't want to look like I've got fruit and there not be fruit, is what I'm trying to say. So whenever life comes to me, I can, it's easy to come in here and worship God the same way I told my son today. With, we were talking, I said, you know, with addic- people that have strong addictions in their life, when they're in a powerful church service like this, you can put anything under their nose and you know what? It's not no problem to push it away. But when you get out into the world and life hits and nobody else is around, turning that down is a whole nother story. It's easy to come in here and, like I said, get emotional. But then when we go out into the world, whenever our, as I said earlier, our bank account starts talking to us, and instead of complying with the Word of God, Instead of conforming to the Word of God, instead of submitting to the Word of God, instead of adapting to the Word of God, I start just saying what I feel. Now, I might be reverencing God. I mean, as far as, you know, I, I recognize Him as Jehovah God or as God. But if I don't do what His Word says do, am I serving Him? Well, if I'm not conforming to his word, if I'm not submitting to his word, and if I'm not adapting to his word, the answer to that is no. But you can change that. That's a beautiful thing. You can change that. And you don't have to wait for a feeling. You don't have to wait for a doodad. You don't have to wait for men's conference. You don't have to wait for revival. You can do it right now. You know, it's like training your body. Um, you don't go from couch potato to Arnold Schwarzenegger in one day. It doesn't happen. But you start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to implicate this. We're going to start eating better. We're going to start lifting a little bit. We're going to start getting better rest. We're going to start not eating ice cream at night before we go to bed. We're going to start making some changes. And it might take a little while, but then you get to that person that you really want to be. It's, it's kind of the same when you contrast into the spiritual realm. When you start out, I'm going to tell you, there will be times, and all I can tell you is from my experiences, whenever me and my wife would be walking down the road and she would begin to say what God's Word says over my situation while I was wanting to whine and complain. And I would take off, I'm not lying to you, I would take off running and leave her. I was so mad. But you know what? Brett, as I began to wake up the next morning, you know what I did? Man, I was wrong about that. I want to do better. I, I want to have a better stance on that. I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to be a better person. I want to see God's work, work, word working in my life. I want to see things begin to start manifesting. And we got to begin to start changing somewhere. So don't think you're going to be Kenneth Copeland tomorrow. But you can start the process. We're not trying to be anyone. I'm just saying you can get to that place, but you've got to start somewhere. 
You have to start somewhere. And people say, well, I don't know about all that. Well, Mark 7 and 6, Jesus said this, that men honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I didn't didn't, didn't write that. I'm just repeating what what Jesus said. So we we can't just honor God with our mouth. We've also got to serve him. And I believe there's nothing more beautiful in his... And to him that whenever we begin to say what God's word says over how we feel or what life might be saying to us. Real quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap this up. I know I've been going for a while. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 because I don't want to be guilty of not relaying what I should have relayed last time because I really do feel like that there are people in here today that you're worried You have anxiety and you're afraid. And these are not God's will for you. The consensus in media is this. We are running out and what are we going to do? We're running out of food. We're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of electricity. We're going to run out of gas. Well, Matthew chapter 6 in verse 33 says... But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And in verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. That word thought actually means anxious thoughts or worrying thoughts. The word anxious in... The Webster's Dictionary means uneasiness of mind, brooding fear, serious fear, worry, as in being choked or being strangled, tormented or to struggle, agitation, nagging attention. And this is the stance and that, the, that media is taking. People are using, it's nothing more than fear-mongering. And when they say, we're going to run out of food. No, we're not. Matter of fact, turn it off. Well, there's a thought. Don't blame the TV. It's got an on and off switch. Don't blame the cell phone. It's got an on and off button or slide, whatever. And I've heard this, people talking about things. I know I'm just going here. I just want to say this real quickly. These apps on the phones that they're talking about artificial intelligence getting involved and how we need to put these filters on our kids' phones so when they're on these apps that they aren't getting, you know, groomed or whatever the case may be. How about turning it off? How about deleting it? You know, quit quit putting the good stuff in the trash and making them dig through the trash to find the good stuff. We gotta get our we gotta get our focus back on what God's word says because when you log on, I know we we use it here at the church. We use Facebook to do a lot of things. But I want you to understand that if ever gets Facebook ever gets to a point that it is hindering you, turn it off. Delete it. Get your head out of the sand. It's okay. It's okay to be weird. You don't have Facebook? Big deal. 
The consensus is we're running out. What are we going to do? The angst, the, the dread, the worry. Whenever he's sitting here telling us, take no thought for your life. Well, here's the question. If the head of the church is telling me not to worry, what should I be doing? And I know I've been in the same position and times in my life where I've said this, if I could flip that switch, I would. Hello? Until finally I heard, you might have to rise up above the way you feel. If the word says take no thought, I don't need to be taking any thought I need to be combating those thoughts with what God's Word says. If you don't know what to do, pray in the Spirit. We've been studying on, on the Holy Spirit on Wednesday nights. Pray in the Spirit. And even for, I mean, I'm, I, I don't agree with this, but some people say, well, that's just j- uh, gibberish. Well, you'd be better off speaking gibberish than you would all the junk that's coming out of your mouth on your negativity. Hello? All right. Well, that's all I got today. Let's stand our feet. you're in here and you're worrying it's real easy quit stop I'm feel I don't feel I feel like I feel worried you might feel worried but you don't have to talk worry you don't have to keep rehearsing it in your ears say what the word of God says if you don't know what God's what God's word has to say about it Google man Google has a lot of stuff on there that you can use hey let's use it for something good right And let's start saying what God's word says because I believe we are entering into a time where a lot of the feel good, a lot of the feeling may not be where you want it to be all the time. And you're going to have to get determined that I'm going to be saying what God's word says, not just so I can do something religious, but it has power to change the atmosphere. And at the root, something's taking place. Do you believe that? Father God, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light unto our path. But Father, we got a step. And I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit right now is giving people strength. Because the weak are saying, I'm strong. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can change. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be broke. I don't have to listen to all the bad news. I definitely don't have to give in to it. Because your word says, Father, that you take care of the sparrows. They don't clock in. They don't, they don't save money. They don't do all these things. And even though those things are fine and well, God, you take care of them every day. They eat every day. And, Father, we're more valuable than them. And so, Father, I pray that we get a revelation, God, of your word. And that, Father, we would study it not just religiously, but we would study it so we could live victoriously. And we're just going to thank you, God, in advance for what you're doing right now in each and every individual life. That as we go, you are providing for us and have already provided for us. And by faith, we reach out and receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.